welcome to another episode of I Promise It Won't Be Boring, where we discuss all the joys and challenges of travel and life abroad. In this episode, we're back in Bangkok with my buddy Prue. I had the pleasure of chatting with her in person after years of not seeing each other earlier in 2022. We actually recorded this episode from a sofa bed in the guest room of her apartment in Bangkok, where she lives with her husband and baby daughter. In this episode, we jump into the topic of motherhood. Prue shares how she came to be a mum, the experience of being pregnant and giving birth in a city that's not your hometown, and she also reflects on the kind of mother she sees herself as during the first year of her child's life. It's worth mentioning that Prue is incredibly aware of the privileged position she's in, both in terms of her own relatively smooth fertility and pregnancy journey, as well as financially, as an expat living in Bangkok. This comes with an undeniable privilege, from the kind of luxury and living an international wage affords you, to the paid help you're able to employ. Growing up in Sydney's western suburbs and then later northern beaches, Prue's parents were both hard-working school teachers, and Prue being one of four children, there certainly wasn't ever an excess of cash lying around. So it figures that Prue is both utterly grateful and totally uncomfortable with this privilege, but she's determined to embrace it while she can, since who knows where in the world they'll end up next. With that in mind, let's jump in. So, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> mm. um, big question, but was having kids part of your life plan? Mm, I would say, okay, firstly, I don't, haven't really had a life plan. <laughs> but if the life, yeah, or like life the, goals, life goal vision, it wasn't something I ever thought I had to do or that anyone has to do or needs to or even wants to. I was like, it shouldn't be an expectation. It should be something that if and when it happens, great. But let's not look around at people and be like, oh, she doesn't, didn't, couldn't, whatever, have kids and see that in a negative light. It should be. Yeah. So with that view, with that kind of outlook, I was a, that's where I was coming from with um, having a baby, procreating. <laughs> I was like breeding, all those stupid words that people who aren't really like, you know, in, I'm not entrenched in, in that, that idea or that path of, of baby, family. But I was open to it. So it's like, do you want a chocolate bar? Sure, here's a chocolate bar. Or do you want to buy a chocolate shop? Do you want to go? Like, kind of, I felt like making a real active mission was kind of like, I'm going to, you know, the chocolate shop versus here's a chocolate bar. Like, it'll, if it happens, it happens. If it comes to me and it happens, and I'm like, great, I'm going to go all in, and I'll be all in and just embrace it, but I won't crazy be crazy and seek it out. I'm not saying it's crazy if you do seek it out, but for me, it didn't feel like that wasn't my path or my thing to do. Yeah, it was more like... If it happens, great. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then I'm not going to be defined by that. Yes. Perfect. Great summary. That's exactly what... <laughs> Two minutes. I mean... Ten seconds. What can I say? <laughs> um, you know, I know so much about it because I have so many children of my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. But I do think about this a lot because at a certain age, like... Mm. It's just so stupid that... Mm. I, I mean, I, I could get up on my soapbox, but... Oh, same. You know, women really are judged and defined still... Mm. Um, definitely like luckily, I mean, depends on the culture and the context mm. and where you are in the world. Yeah. Um, certain religions, certain cultures, uh, if you haven't, you know, like your purpose is to make, is to, is to have children. Um, mm. but luckily we have a bit more choice, um, yeah. where we're coming from, but I still think there's that real 
judgment, as you said, of women. Um, you know, there's this whole movement of like being child child free, yeah, rather than childless. Exactly, child yep. free by choice. Um, I think that could be many many podcast episodes chatting mm. to people and you know with different experiences there. But I think um, I'm definitely in your kind of in your wavelength of like. If it happens, great. But then I, I, I also can't say. Maybe mm. maybe I would get fixated on it if I decided that's what I want to do and therefore yeah. I will be hell-bent on it and I will throw all the money I can at it and I would do anything I make can and, yeah. to make it happen. But but right now that's not my personal experience. So yep. um, exactly. that's super interesting. Can you describe, like, where you were, what was happening when you found out mm. and what was, what was that like when you found out? Mm. That was... A bit bizarre, because <laughs> I, I had a. I think a little bit of background is that that the physical there was a little bit of a procedure. Procedure, yeah. I had a little bit of a pain, and then the, I went to the doctor, and they're like, "Oh, we need to do a little bit of a removal of something, a little yeah. gross, little polyp. Absolutely nothing to worry about, and not a big deal." And so I went, "Oh, okay, let's do that." And she did that, and she's like, "Okay, let's like you take a take a month, just like rest for two weeks." And then no, no busy, no, no couple time, don't do anything for another two weeks and then go for it, you know, off you go. And so I guess I don't even remember, but we like, there must've been a go for it moment of intimacy because then by the time I was due for my next period, it didn't come instant. So it was, I thought that was a, firstly, I was like, oh, it must be like something to do with that little procedure she did. I better go and get checked because it's like two weeks late and that's weird. So maybe it just messes things around, takes time to recalibrate. And then the, then the, <laughs> Sid was like, let's get a pregnancy test. And I was like, no, really? No, it can't. And then we did one and it was, and in this bathroom and I was like, no, really? No. And it came up pregnant. <laughs> and then we're both going, no, no. I'm like looking at the calendar. When, when did we, when? <laughs> I couldn't work out when we'd, but we, I don't know, must have. And then we got another one the next day and it was positive again. And we're like, okay, okay, let's go to the doctor. And then she's like, yeah, oh, I can see your baby or something like that. I can see the heartbeat. And I was like, oh my God. So it is happening. Wow. And so where was this? At what point in the pandemic was this? Mm. What year? When did you find out? Like this was the end of 2020. Yeah. Yes, so coming, so things had opened up a bit. The biking weekends were back on, and I remember that because I was at a biking weekend when... Mountain bike. Yeah, mountain biking. So we got two hours out of Bangkok, cycle for the weekend. Um, it was, yeah, things were opening up, but still, like, hadn't been out of the country. No one had come to visit, so we are still pretty much in this little Bangkok bubble. Yeah, and then end of 20... What was it? End of 2020, and then she was born August 2021. Aww. So the most of 2021 was me just like yeah, uh, sweating, <laughs> trying to work out how to move around the city and, and keep, I kept doing Muay Thai till I was like five, six months. I was cycling till I was six, seven, eight. No, I cycled up until I was even over two weeks pregnant, over two weeks overdue. <gasps> I was still on my bike. I have pictures of me doing a wheelie with this like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, probably not recommended, but I love it. Not recommended. But, I mean, the doctor was like, if you feel good and you've done these things prior to pregnancy, keep doing them. So I was still, like, running, dancing, aerobics, swimming, aerobics to that, um, yeah, uh, YouTube video that I like, and just jumping around and kind of getting all these looks from Thai women because they're very conservative here. Ah. The Thai friends in my Muay Thai class were like, don't, don't jump. 
don't do this, don't do that. I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> and it was okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably unconventional, but. <laughs> but I love it though. It's very you. Okay. And I remember yeah. seeing photos of you running around like with a bump and it was just like the old Prue, but with bump. Yeah. You know, being a mum in Bangkok, um, how has that been in terms of like, like, like your day to day now, mm. um, you know, getting around what you do, like who's your support network? Well, it's, I mean, I'm as, I'm as bu- the busiest I've been in years, <laughs> even though people are like, you don't get to shower, you don't do this, you don't do that. My experience has been quite different where I guess it was nice that I had Sid working from home for the first, um, he's worked from home actually the whole time so we're seven months in and he had the first full month off so paternity leave yeah. and he did a lot we did a lot uh he was nappy king he was like the diaper guy really I and i had changed so few diapers that when i finally made it out at like so we're she was one month old and this baby cafe bumpsy daisy opened and it was like a 30 minute walk and i went i'm gonna put her in the pouch i'm gonna walk we're gonna do it and I did it, walking down Sukhumvit, like the busiest street in Bangkok, with a one-month-old baby, like <laughs> this tiny little cookie. Getting there, and then being like, oh, I've got to change her nappy. Oh, like I was like the uncle, like the dad, the uncoordinated, inexperienced person going, oh, uh, um, uh, uh. And the other mums are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't usually do this. <laughs> you know, so I had this nice setup where Sid was just all in. An active partner. And active. And we did have a helper for two weeks, a home helper, and then, then she left. So that also took the edge off because, you know, she was cleaning and cooking, even though I found that a bit um, overwhelming to have another person here. So then we said, you know, we get some part-time and that's what happens here. It's all very uh, common to have someone come to, like, clean or cook or do something. And that was amazing because that meant that, you know, you can focus on the baby and then someone's focusing on you. There's no na- no grandma, no auntie, no one around, no family of either of us to just pop in and check or to be like, we'll take her for an hour. So what we have instead is, is paid help and they become part of the family. They become someone who you really come to trust and rely on. And that's amazing. Um, but I mean, I love that Sid is like a very much an active partner and a co-parent and I've seen that. What I don't like is that that is applauded because actually I'm like, oh, go Sid. And I'm like, wait a minute, that should be natural. Why is it, why is it that our roles are so, um, still very much like the mum does this, the dad does that. And it's like, this is off limits for the dad or the dad finds it gross. Obviously like you guys are in a, I would say pretty great position. Mm. Yeah. It's, and it's been jarring when some friends had been like, who, who happened to have babies at the same time, and their questions would be like, how, like, does he help much? How are you guys, like, how are the husbands? I was like, help much? Like, we're both in on it. Like, I'll, if I wake up once, I'll wake, he'll wake up the next time. Then I wake up once, you know. But then now that he's back at work, it is different. Yeah. Because, yeah, the work requires him to be Bit working, yeah. energised. And I'm like, I can be tired to sit around a yeah. baby cafe. Yeah, because you're like, not currently working full-time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that works. But, yeah, baby Bangkok life is is, is um, active. There are things going on every day. There There's, like, this expat community of, of babies and mamas and, and some papas doing, like, baby stuff. And they whether it's, like... Play, gr- play groups at this baby cafe, there's a whole lot of them that are very kid-friendly. And they're within, like, maybe a 30-minute walk, 10-minute cab ride, 
everything is here. Like swimming on Wednesdays, baby massage on Mondays, baby music on Fridays, play date on Tuesdays. <laughs> and we do like lunch after these events. So I pop her in the carrier, out I go. And, and to be honest, it was tiring doing it every day. And, and now that you're here, I'm taking like a baby holiday week off, <laughs> which means just like sitting around the house in my pajamas. <laughs> and this would be like a normal mama's experience. And I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch. Ooh, I'm in my jammies at one o'clock. And that's amazing for me. So, but you like you felt this need to like stay mm. out there and active because you've wanted to have that structure in the day mm. and like yeah and it, it also felt weird so a few days early on i we had so two months away and that broke everything up but Back, i got to see where were you so australia for a month and india for a month but mm-hmm. it came to like 10 weeks total so it was huge but i got to see what life might be like with a baby in the burbs in sydney and that like having these long days at home or like going out once, going through the traffic, putting her in the car seat. She's crying. She's not pull over, feed her, get her back. That's hard. People think, Oh, you're in a big city with a baby. That must be hard. But I was like, I just want my easy little Bangkok life back because Sydney, you've got freedom Yeah, because you're not tired. Like in your case, you strap her into a, a carrier, which is yeah. where she's like a little koala on your chest yeah. and you walk and you do your thing. I just go. Yeah. And, and you're not, you're not putting her... The only thing I would say is, like, maybe when it gets to a pram stage, Mm -mm. like... Which is kind of now. It's happening. She's heavy. So what are you going to do with the pram? Because the the roads are not good for that. (laughs) You walk on the road and you kind of keep an elbow out. You push the pram on the road. You have to push the pram on the road mostly because the sidewalks don't have smooth ramps Uh, and then they're pothole and there's um, telegraph poles so you can't fit between. Okay. Bumpy, pole, broken up and down, up and down. So you just go footpath and every other expat lady I've met does it. And you just go, we're on the road. We'd never, ever, ever do this back home, but we're in Thailand and... On, so on the edge of the road yeah, near the footpath. near the gutter. And and you put, you said that you like hold up an umbrella for yeah. sun as well as like warning. Yeah, sun and extra like visibility. <laughs> like here I am, she's coming. And I kind of put my elbow out a bit just to like extra space, like aggressive, rather than like, oh no, I'm too timid. I'm like, here I come. But in Thailand, what happens is that there is like, there'll be some old man up ahead with a little cart Ah. pushing the something. So people are, people pushing things on the road. People push things on the, so you're just going to join the parade of pushes. (laughs) Random things are being pushed on the side. And also often people have pulled over randomly on the side. So any car coming up will be like, oh, there's a car. Oh, there's a tuk-tuk. And they'll have to move around. And things don't move too fast generally on the roads. And then there's like a big van and then a little this. And then there's all size and manner of things moving at different paces. So I think everyone's more aware of it. Motorbike taxis, like the most common type of taxi is a little motorbike guy with an orange vest and he's your taxi dude so it's because it's more efficient there would never be motorbike taxis in australia because you do they give you a helmet they can sometimes they don't sometimes you're like helmet car and he's like no helmet i know i shouldn't be doing this but i do have to get to lunch (laughs) which sounds ridiculous but you just went in thailand went in thailand is uh i mean oh my god there are times when i'm like i have a baby at home and it's raining and it's night and he's weaving through traffic but that's that's completely normal. He's not blinking. No one's blinking an eye at at that. But you grow up in Australia and you're like reckless, unheard of. You get a completely fine for illegal. That. You'd never get on the back of that. What are you asking for a death wish? But in Thailand, yeah. then be yeah. like, what? We're just going. You got to go. Let's go. <laughs> so I've come I've become far more um, 
you know, open-minded in the things that are normal and how things work. And, and how so you risk your life on a daily basis. How I risk my life <laughs> <laughs> with my baby. No, I'm really much more careful with um, taking the baby out, though, yeah, even though I'm like, I walk on the road. But so, that, so for example, my husband pu- was pushing her and I'm like, closer, you know, stay closer. Closer to the floor. Yeah, yeah, come in more, come in more. Come in more. So there's a, there's a way to do it which is a bit more, like, floppy and you can be a bit more, like, mm, diligent, active on I guess. That makes sense. No, no, I get that. But also, <laughs> oh god, I totally get that, and it makes sense. And you do things that you wouldn't normally do here. But yeah. I think, but I, I, the thing is, for people who are like, oh my god, a baby on the road. FYI, there's definitely like, if you haven't <laughs> oh. been to Thailand, or indeed many parts of Southeast Asia, like there is this. Um, I would call it a an organized chaos. Yeah, and it's like a synchronized. It's yeah. like there's no such thing as lanes. In, they don't always indicate the the driving kind of methods here, the types of vehicles that are that would not be roadworthy back home. That you kind of just go, okay. Sometimes I don't put a seatbelt on when I'm in a taxi here, but I'm just like, well, it's That's hot. Not... And also, what happens in most cars, in most taxis, you reach for the little clipper, yeah, the plug thing, and it's just not there. And they're like, no, 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 and you're like, what? <laughs> you can't put one on. Yeah. You yeah. can't plug, yeah. pop it in, click it into anything. But I think, like, seeing all the street vendors, the yeah. food vendors, and the little, you know, the motorbikes, and the little carts being pushed, yeah. and the and the tuk-tuks and the things, yeah. you kind of go, okay, well, for me, in my mind, when I hear about you pushing your pram on the road, yeah. but just next to the sidewalk, yeah. that's, for me, like a safe lane. They don't have an mm. official little slow bike exactly. lane, weird vehicle yeah. lane, but that's where you can be, and mm. I think... It's interesting. And you yeah. said all your expat mum friends we'll do, it. do it. Yep. There's a, I've got a photo where there's a, like four prams, mama pram, mama pram. And I was there on the footpath with the carrier. And I was like, this is surreal. So I can see that it's unusual, but it's also what we have to do. Yeah. That's it. And then actually to, to you know, Bangkok's credit, there are streets like down the main road where it has been paved. Okay. So you can nearly make the journey. Like only a couple of like, ah. of like they've redone the main road. So you can walk along the main road. There's just a couple of like janky tiles where if it's rained, you can't tell that it's uneven on the until pavement. you step on it and then it goes, this <laughs> gunk, this like stagnant rain gunk, muddy stuff pops out from under the tile and you're like, Ugh! otherwise it's amazing. It's actually a paved pavement. Yeah, Smooth you pavement. can walk along the pavement. Wow. And I think there's, that's where the hotels are, like down where, yep, yep hotels. And they've, they've made that kind of smooth and nice and I can get... A 20 minute walk and only have a few so it's more as soon as you turn off that one then you're like okay we're on on the road here we go you mentioned a little bit like your the mums kind of group like Mm. You know, if there was someone who, let's say, has has a baby here or who who's who's moved to a foreign country that's you know not known to them, and they they've got a small child mm-hmm. or they're going to have a kid, like, what would be your main advice to them if you were to say, here are some survival tips with how to with how to do this, like, mm. in, in so far away from your, let's say, your family or friends? Yeah, I, well, the things that really helped me in the pre-baby stage was researching doulas, something I'd kind of had a vague idea about. But this doula lady, Rassi, she had set up this whole Facebook group of like Thailand babies, people trying to navigate babies in a new country with a pandemic. Yeah. And she speaks Thai. She grew up here, but she's like moved around, but she's amazing and, and is the like go-to person for just like baby stuff. And this group that she started 
then there's an offshoot. Like, that's where people kind of got drawn to for information and connection. So that would be a, an amazing resource and place to it's go. It's like a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I think it's just called Thailand Babies. Mm-hmm. And then she did a sub, like a post of like, hey, for those who are due in May or June, July, August, September, October, here is some here is a post for you to just like find each other go forth and make a group and, and nice. use each other as a resource and connect and have play dates and that's exactly what, what we did so I set up the WhatsApp nicknamed it Bangkok Baby Gang and it went from like six of us to 30 of us wow like there's some in there who I've never met yeah. which is fine yeah but there are some who we started going every Wednesday to baby group cafe and then Friday was breastfeeding cafe if you needed me <laughs> And then we like isn't every up. cafe a breastfeeding cafe? Well, this was just an, a special like there'd be a lactation consultant oh. on like level two mezzanine, and it'd be all like kind of booked out, so you could oh. sit there with your baby and be like, "I got a, I got a whatever, you know, she's not latching or it's not whatever." Oh, it's like a actual ca- lactation consultant, yeah, at a cafe volunteer oh. at the baby cafe. So like they have downstairs, and in the second floor you could go up and sit on these soft mats, and the lady would be the like, "The milk factory." How's your feeding going? How's your milk? Glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I'd be like, this is so weird, but I'm going to do it. Why not? And I met some really great people and they were like, let's come here again. Yeah. So we'd meet Wednesdays yeah. and Fridays, Wednesdays yeah. and Fridays and built this little community. So being part of something like that, where mm. you find people who you'd see, you'd want to hang out with otherwise. I think that's important. Yeah. Not just like, moms, we had babies. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like connected by more than just the fact that you're both mothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People you'd want to just hang out with and it just happens that you've had a baby. So like having time. things in common. Yeah. yeah. So through that group, that was an awesome research resource, finding these other women who yeah, are in the same basket and having similar the experience as well, like far from family. How are you dealing with all these video chats? Ah, I don't know. The in-laws are coming for two weeks. Ah, my God. Most people don't have to deal with that. Like maybe the in-law might pop around with, with dinner or, For you know, coffee or... whatever. Not two weeks, not two months. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. See how we navigate. Okay, we've all got like six, week, six weeks or six-month-old babies and we're doing international flights home. Yeah. Good luck. How is it? Oh, we go from like 35 degrees in Bangkok to minus something in Europe. How the heck was that? Sourcing winter clothes. Like all these weird things you have to do by, yeah. by being here with a baby. Yeah. But you're you're in it together so that's really nice having these these ladies and there are now multiple offshoots from the bangkok baby gang group of like mums who brunch mums who do fridays mums who you know like i've got these other play dates that any day of the week there's like yeah the the yoga used to be yoga and babies on the monday morning and then yoga pilates pilates babies and yeah being part of things and then i think having physically having a carrier has been great Mm. i've seen the mums with prams kind of double up and you either take you, you can do both chuck the pram if it's walkable or you take a taxi in the car with the carrier so you can just go pop pop and pop them in yeah and you just chuck that along so like being able to be versatile with how you do things not just like we take the baby in a pram for a walk like that happens to me for my, me hardly ever yeah you have to be versatile yeah versatility and know it's going to be hot very hot in the carrier you be prepared to bring a spare shirt and you'll be wet down your chest down your thing she'll be wet you'll think she's peed on you both but it's just sweat so be okay with sweat i am at one with my sweat now oh my god most people aren't but it's just that's my normal state <laughs> a lot of the time it's so different to <laughs> europe which yeah. is cold for most like six to nine months of the year imagine. i think quite chilly um the birth itself yeah we ended up going to three different hospitals because we just didn't know what like 
there's no like I guess it's different you go up in Australia right and you see people around you for me it was my sister like I knew she went to you the know, local hospital you know the and hospitals then, oh manly like, for this exactly. Ronald Shaw for this and know? then they go here's your checkup here's your I don't even know what it's called OBGYN or I can't even say it because I never used that word I just was like I know she's got an I know that's what it is but in Sydney it was much more clear cut and so we went to the first hospital that did the little procedure and then I could just see that they would be very disconnected. Like they were just like, okay, see you later. I'm like, so what do I, so there's a baby. Any, any tips on do's or don'ts or just Google, Google everything. Um, like she said nothing. Maybe she's just assumed that I knew not to do a, like I'd vaguely heard of things, but also I'd heard of conflicting evidence where they're like, it is okay to have a glass. Emily Oster's research says this and this, but a someone else's. Yeah. Like the different views of like, this is fine. That's not fine. This doctor was just like nothing. No gave advice. Me, didn't point me in any direction. Not even a pamphlet of like, now you're pregnant. Now what? <laughs> I was like, okay. So I messaged my Sydney friend and was like, what did you get told to do? Like, wh- what should I be doing? Am I doing anything? I don't know. Like just that sense of not really having connection to yeah. like the health provider. Yeah. Uh, and then we changed hospital. That was uh, not good either. That was a mistake. We had English communication issues. Then that's where I found the Rassi doula who we had a free meeting, coffee consultation with her. And she said, most doctors don't or Build can't. Up the, per- the relationship. Oh no. And you can't, they can't do a vaginal birth. So you'd have to do what? C-section. What? She's like, if you want to try and just like give birth naturally and normally, these are the two hospitals, Bomromgrad or Sumitivej. And within those hospitals, these are the doctors that you could possibly go with. But why? Apparently 80, 90% of Thais of locals do C-sections. And what happens with foreigners who aren't aware, they very quickly get diverted down that path. But they why? Just, <laughs> makes more money. It's more efficient. You know, doctors don't waste less hours risk. and hours. Less risk, possibly, yeah. Just in and out. Like, it's just... It's just a procedure. Yeah, it's, it's a procedure. You book it in the diary. So rather than me being like, was I coming in on Wednesday? She did the membrane strip. Am I coming in on Thursday? She did another check. Am I coming in on Friday? Did some other thing. And then I came in on Saturday from 8am till after midnight. You know, like she had to, this amazing doctor, Obgin, whatever, had to be on, right? Whereas if I'd said, okay... Book it in for Wednesday. Friday, three o'clock. <laughs> then that's it. Then it's done. Okay. I think, I mean, maybe I'm simplifying it, but I'm pretty sure so, I've heard of friends who... But it's, it's, but is that, you said that like locals, they're mm. more into C-section. What yeah. about, so it's a cultural thing maybe? I guess. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. My, my, I asked my Thai friend about it. She didn't, was just like, yeah, we, C-section. Like that's kind of what, that's what's normalized. That's what's, what's, why would you do the other one? Just as much as I'm like, why would you just go straight for a C-section? She was like, why would you go through that? Yeah, yeah. Why would you do that? That that, 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 that trauma on your body. Um, (laughs) Uh, That, that. Um, Okay, interesting. Yeah. So the swapping hospital things, the like hearing Rassi talk about it and break it down and go, well, this is it. So then we changed to the third hospital, got recommended Dr. Amy and just went, okay, great. She made some comment about like, "Mm, you look very... Fit and healthy. Okay. Baby crying. <laughs> Speaking of babies, let's go. Uh-oh. You can bring her in for a sec if you want. This doctor was like, you can dance the baby out. Like, she was so chill. Okay, cool. It was just this, um, does anyone baby? Baby, come here. Oh. Oh. Here's the baby, baby. Hi, Amara. Hello, baby. Hello. 
Yeah, and? She actually knows something's up, so she's like, why would I say something now? <laughs> okay. Look at that tummy. Hang here, belly belly. Look at that tummy. <laughs> okay, um, what was the rest of the question? It's kind of hard to remember. Um, saying that, like, the hospitals, we had to navigate that, but, yeah, getting into... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Getting rusty, should I keep talking or not really? Yeah. It was like a key that opened up this whole yeah. new world. Yeah. This whole world. Yo, yo, yo. And, uh, and Rassi connected me to other doulas. She's like, there's a whole bunch you can talk with because not having anybody here, uh, it might be tricky because just support and just guidance. Advice. And, and go between, like, because my approach was I'd like to try give birth as the body is made to yeah. but I don't know I'll see what happens yeah. and then as I met other doulas they, I found out that about hypnobirthing <laughs> and how using your mind and your body and as someone who's done endurance races and enjoyed that uh, mind body push the mind push the body wow. kind of interaction and how you can get to places where you're like how did I just ride my mountain bike non-stop for eight hours in this crazy you know but I did it you can do it and Train wanting the mind. to experience that and go let's go down this path and see what I can do uh, and finding a doula who was like yeah yeah you'll be great it'll be great you're strong this is amazing keep active like just on the on your level yeah totally on, 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 my on side, the same page yeah on the same page <laughs> do you have something to say about this <laughs> tough tough crowd today Amara no giggle tough crowd <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amara. That was a wonderful little cameo. Yeah, the birth. So, like, finding a doctor that would even do a natural birth. Yeah, getting my head around that. And then also learning that if I didn't have information about the options and how things go, like, maybe people know this, but I didn't, that if you have an epidural, that then means you're on a different path to maybe what you wanted to do. So if I'm like, I want to squat, I'm going to dance, like just having this unconventional view of how I can give birth, but then be like, I might have an epidural, but if you do, then you then, can't then, walk. No, because it's You'll stuck be in your down. back or something and yeah. you have to lie there yeah. and then you're yeah. like, then yeah. it's yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on your back. It's the pushing. It's the whole thing that I thought, you know, this isn't what I want to do because I'm going to be more like natural. Active, whatever, natural. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So learning okay. that and then knowing the importance of, I guess, the doctor being on that same page as you as well yep. and the doula being the advocate and that whole little ecosystem of, like, communication and preferences and making sure we're all going down that path as we want it, which I never thought I'd have a preference. I just thought these people who try to do the water births and do the whatever, I'm like, that just sounds like a bit too narrow-minded or hard work. Then the more I learnt, the more I'm like, maybe it could be done and then knowing that this Thai doctor isn't just going to steer me to a C-section okay. uh, was really, yeah, that was did really you, nice. Like, in the end, did you, did you feel like you had that trust with your doctor here? Yeah. But if anything, I had the sense where I was like, I feel so bad that this is taking so long. Oh, you felt guilty. I felt guilty. Tuesday afternoon, contractions started, like to the point where I'd have to stop for the good minute or minute and a half and be like... Oh, and do all the crazy breathing, whatever sound worked, and just be like, oh, my God, it's happening. Yeah. And then the next day they turned into, like, vomit ones. Oh. They were so hard. I, I couldn't get in a position where it wouldn't hurt and then end up running to the bathroom and just vomiting my guts up. Because and, of the pain. Yeah, like, or just the intensity of it, of yeah. the sensation. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so I thought, 
then it was going to happen and that was Wednesday all through the day no didn't happen all through the night didn't happen couldn't really eat I had like a couple of spoons of pumpkin soup a couple of spoons of ice cream some coconut water over the space of like four days and then by Saturday it's still happening until Saturday morning okay so wait how many days were you in labor <laughs> so well they call it they because it, the head wasn't completely engaged yeah I don't know it, it was a maybe pre-labor or something where it wasn't officially labor even though I'm like this is on. Yeah. But how long are you having contractions for? Four days. Tuesday afternoon until Saturday midnight. What the fuck? So she was born Saturday midnight. <laughs> and afterwards I was like, I should be doing multi-day endurance races. <laughs> this is eight hours? What is that? That's nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was mental. But I guess it just kind of, you know, the doula was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay. And I just learned these, I'd learned the hypnobirthing techniques. And there was the night where the doula stayed. She's like, any, you know, I got to be ready. So then she'll come. She stayed here. And we were going to go to the hospital together. But then during the night, they never got frequent enough. Okay. So they were maybe like sometimes 10 minutes, mm-hmm. sometimes 15, mm-hmm. sometimes 30, but not every, I think it's meant to be three minutes or something. So whatever it's meant to be, it wasn't that. But I was like, this is insane because this is so much. And yeah, I had to like yeah, create yeah. this little um, caterpillar with my fingers um, on my arm. And I'd be like, four, and count to four and use my little fingers as a caterpillar to try and not be like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, just like channel yeah. energy into this is the only place that I was allowed yeah, to tense yeah, yeah, on my yeah, fingers yeah. on my arm. So that's all like mental techniques of hypnobirthing. They never taught. That was my own one oh, that, that I made up. Little thing because okay. I couldn't. What they gave me like didn't work. But anyway, so that was um yeah Saturday into the hospital in the morning and then the doctor. I didn't know until after my lovely doctor had had her vaccine. So by the by midnight, there was one moment where they I ended up getting the epidural because I just I, in so much pain. Yeah, nothing left in the tank. How? What energy after four days of that? Yeah, can yeah. you nothing? And then she looked her face. She was leaning on her arm, kind of like this. Your doctor with her hand up, and I was like, oh, she's so bored. This has gone on for so long. But it turned out she was just like zonked from having the vaccine, vaccine and yet she was still able to kind of just like focus and be there. But I just caught a moment that just yeah made me think she was. But I mean, it. mentally, like that would have been interesting to have that. Oh, like that 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 sense of guilt. Because you know that culturally, they don't normally do. They just, yes. cut, they snip it out, they book it in, That's they take it out. It. So you were like, I feel bad for using the hospital resources and for making them wait yeah. because this labor's going on for so long. Wait and wait and wait. And so, you're like, I want this, I want that. Because it just built up like that. And my lovely doula was like, you can have these little electronic candles and glowy and music and there's a bathtub in your room, get in the bath and get here and go on all fours and then squat and then this. And so I was doing all of that unconventional stuff and it, and it just took ages i think that's why also when they're like we can give you this peterson thing that makes it happen it's meant to be like fake makes it quicker yeah but then it also can be way too strong so i was getting tired getting tired and they're like we'll give you this peterson and then that brought it on hard and fast and i was like (laughs) at one point lying there shaking like i can't (laughs) i couldn't stop shaking yeah and i couldn't do anything and then and then I was like, did it, oh, I did, but did it like make it come on? No, oh. just or just just too much, too much contractions. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it was um, yeah an experience and good to have, I guess in you know good to have that 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 lead up of calm. But then the funny part was when they finally went epidurals on everyone just have a timeout and like Sid snoozed. You know, Yaz just had a little nap and I completely passed out for an hour or something where the, the things kicking in. Um, then once it got on, it got 
they're like you're on so it's like fluorescent lights oh. this midwife who was just like the shouty champion of the hospital was go 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 <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> what the fuck are we doing and it was insane and then my husband was screaming and she was screaming but the thing was i got warned by um someone about there could be someone like they get get very high energetic they get very revved up the the local Thai midwives oh and I was like no but that's not in my birth plan like I'm gonna keep it calm but then once the epidural came in then I'm on my back then I'm back to like old school push push and because I was so tired they needed to like g me up but then the way they were doing that meant that their level was I thought it was like a nine out of ten you know so I've got to be nearly there and then it turned out after that push 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 it wasn't and then I do it again I'm like that was like a nine point five like how but was it time to push it was. But they'd have to wait for a contraction. Yeah. And then they'd go, go. And did you go? And she would, yeah, I'd try it. But she'd be screaming at me. And it was so off-putting. And then Dool, calm Dool was trying to be like, just calm, just calm. Like, knowing that I was like, oh. And then my husband was like, go, go, go. Because he loves, like, Frisbee team captain. <laughs> Teamwork shouting, let's all do this. Yeah. And then to him, I'm like, stop, stop. Like, this is too much. And then she didn't get the cue, but he did. And then my lovely doula was, was trying to brush my hair or something. It was just an <laughs> insane mix of, you know, like, where are my candles? Brush! Go, 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 go! Yes, 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 yes! I could hear that to my dying days. <laughs> it was just insane. And how long did that, did tell that, that final stop? stretch? I don't even know. It happened a few times. But each time I'm like, that's got to be it. Because she can't shout any louder. Like, that's got to be it. And like, okay, okay, some more, some more. I'm like... Oh my god! Anyway, so that but was. Would a, you like? So you were actively doing that for what, like an hour or something? The pushing? Oh, or? no, it couldn't have been that long. It felt like maybe you know a handful of times, of like trying to 20 do twenty minutes, it. ten. 20 yeah, minutes. yeah, and then okay, finally, and then she came. Yeah. And what was that moment like? <laughs> oh, what was my that moment like? God, so surreal, so surreal. There she was, and people. I've heard these stories where they're like, she puts you on the belly and she does this, and like. A part of me thought that was all a bit cheesy, but then you're like, oh, my God. And she's like, this little alien, this wriggly, slimy, out of you alien baby, your baby, but just, like, from where? It's creature. So bizarre. But also amazing. I think I was saying, there you are. Oh, my God. Like, there, there you are. Here you are. You're here. And then she did. She had, went up and had a little baby feed, and I was like, oh, my God. What's happened? This is it. This, this is a start. It's happening. Did you cry? I can't remember. Maybe. Did Maybe Sid cry? Nearly. He said he nearly cried when he saw me on my side shaking. He's like, that's the closest he's ever come. He's like, I could not believe that seeing you like that. In that so was much just, pain. Yeah. And he knew that like that I would have gone beyond whatever limit, you know, knowing that I can push myself pretty hard physically. When he saw me just going, I need to exit. I need to like hit the exit button. I think I said, I just, I can't, I, I want to get out of this whole thing. Like cut her out, get her out. I don't care. Like. I'm done. I'm done. And I edit in my mind, I'm like, but think about it. If it was a mountain bike race, you wouldn't pull out. I'm like, yeah, but I know how to fuel the body. I know what it needs. I know in those situations that you have to put a bit of stuff in to then keep it going. And I hadn't eaten and then I hadn't this, I hadn't yeah. drunk. They had, so hearing that I'd tapped out, he was like, uh oh, shit. Like, she bad. she's this bad.
So in those few days, the first days of having a little person, mm. what, what was that like? Did you did you stay in the hospital? Did you come home straight away? Did you have support? <laughs> that was kind of amazing because we... The hospital is a private hospital, so mm-hmm. you have this amazing room and you have a little kitchenette and you have your own bathroom and you have this, like, nice little bay window. And I was just like, this is great and amazing. And, and a friend back home was like, it's nothing like that if you're, like, doing it in some average hospital in Sydney. And we, I think the package you had to buy was, like, two nights and that was just amazing. The doula came and helped with feeding and how to do it right. So having her to be like, make sure you get this right. Take her off, do it again. Take her off, do it again. Like, get it right, get it right setting us on the right path was was a game changer because okay. I never had an issue with feeding and I think that's because she was so thorough and I was just willing to, to, to get it right and it just it worked so that was a nice thing but it was also fun being like in the hospital and they're like select your lunch select your dinner select your this and like chocolate cakes and then there was a Starbucks downstairs so they've got this like cheesy panini and I was just like yum yum amazing amazing because you hadn't been able to eat for days I was so hungry and then the nurses would take there was a nursery and they'd be like should we take the baby or keep her here and then Sid and I were like, and it was like nighttime and they were going to bring her back in three hours. And we we're like, you can, you can take her. And then they're just like, okay, bye. Wheeled her away. And we we're like, <sighs> slept and came back, fed her. They're like, okay, take the baby or keep. I'm like, well, it's 3 a.m. And I need to be a bit well slept for her in the daytime, right? Yeah, take her. <sighs> and so like, <laughs> babysitting, <laughs> instant babysitting. And then when we got home, we had, that was a different helper lady to we have now. And she had completely tidied the house she'd cooked lunch she'd cooked dinner she'd made like baked something so coming into this perfectly cleaned house which was destroyed during late during the the contractions like I, I couldn't clean up the projectile vomit that didn't you know like it was a mess and the sheets were made sheets but everything was clean and fresh and new and I walked in with, with little bubba and was just like oh my god and then when people say the hormones like I think it's just just everything's heightened you know so when the baby did a little bit a little vomit and there's a little bit of yellow on her little suit. I was like, she did a vomit? <laughs> it was the cutest thing in the world. I'm like, she's so helpless. And I was crying, but she did a little vomit. It was so cute. And I have a video that I took and she's lying on the bed and I'm like, I'm crying because I love her so much. And she's there like going. Love is so, and I didn't think yeah. maybe because I never had this expectation for myself, or I never had a, a thing that had to happen. I need to have a child. I've got to be a mom. No, like yes, it'd be great. I'll go all in, and no, that path started happening, and then I'm like all in and just going. This is so good. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and like making silly videos, you know, making my interviews with babies. And she'd be like, Bleh. So Amara, how are you today? Bleh. Like, the best content. <laughs> like, I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think maybe I'd kept my guard down too, or like my expectations capped because I, you hear of postnatal depression. Yeah. And some people go, look, everyone says you're just going to bond, it's going to be magical, but it might not. And if it's not, that's okay. Yeah. And don't get caught up in the people being like, oh, it's magic. And so I was like, yeah, okay, let's just steady, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to put any type of pressure on what this should yeah. be, what it what it should look like. And in that was this kind of freedom for it to just unfold and it was just like, oh, cute, so cute. <laughs> I mean, she is incredibly cute. And she was so wrinkly when she came out, she's so wrinkly. God, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I mean, she's been in liquid. yeah. She was so, and then she started flaky, wrinkly, and then flaky. 
was so skinny. She was so skinny. Anyway, okay, okay. Yeah. So that was the experience. And then, and then I guess also this is weird because in Sydney I wouldn't have a live-in, a lady here yeah. helping me, yeah. cooking, looking after. Yeah. But then the hardest part about the first two weeks of having a newborn was actually having this lady help someone in else our in house. your space. And we had to get, we had to have big chats with her about it and in the end we let her go because it wasn't the right thing and we didn't know that and I mean that was a learning experience but um yeah like I think the times I was having other tears it was about the dynamics of just that not being used to it yeah. and and having grown up in Australia where it's valued to do your own thing and be your own self and have your own space I couldn't and, and that precious private very yeah. private time I couldn't flick over to just like it's amazing it's helpful I was like oh don't I don't want someone to be here while I'm figuring this out. I just wanted the three of us. And so yeah. I appreciated while I was like, this is amazing. I have, I have, I don't have to think about dinner and it's home cooked and it's delicious. It wasn't enough to outbalance the discomfort. Mm. It's going to sound bizarre. To no, no. Who aren't in that environment, but that was the, the experience. That was the reality. Mm. Mm. I can imagine that. Yeah. I can imagine that. And I guess you'll go through different phases with, um, as, as, as Amara grows up and mm. the type of help and support that you want and you need and I guess it's like it's an ever-changing thing so just you're going to be open to it and I can see that yeah yeah exactly I think if anything maybe I am still a bit of an outlier like I'm thinking of the other mums I've met who they do have car seats and they they get cabs quite regularly and it's a much more like smoother way of doing it like I think I do go in the harder version of things like I like things being a little challenging like yeah I will walk 25 minutes in the heat yeah I will take the train with the baby and the thing like just kind of the adventure like. you're like an you're yeah you've still got that urban kind of adventure yeah, mentality in a way I'm getting this urban adventure in the day and I'm pushing myself going I'll have a backpack I'll have a side bag I'm like picked up some groceries I'll have the baby in the front and an umbrella and I'll be like oh Ah, three flights of stairs. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I like the hard I think, stuff. I think that's very you. Yeah. So the disclaimer should be, I seek out the, you know, which, which level would you like? Limit. Hard, hard level initiated. Like that's what, rather than like, you could do easy, have like a much bigger space and have like everything set up. So it flows, which it does, but it does. And it's just a bit more energy required. Yeah, but I think you're <laughs> someone who's always, like, you're the type of person that will always take the stairs. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That should sum me up. It's <laughs> a metaphor for life, I think. I take the stairs. You will. You've just got this, you've always had this drive to, like, not do things the hard way, but have the experience, experience. good or bad, hard or easy, yeah. you're going to embrace it. Well, thank you. I mean, I don't think all the time, but I think there are some times I'm going to say, yeah, thanks, because I do like that. And then, and in that is more of an experience. You come out of it and you enjoy being at the, having gone to that third floor, whatever it is, when you took the stairs, because you go pass by certain oh. people, have certain experiences, you see the view, you're not so just, much more. And if you go through, for me, if I go through life like hopping in cabs and taking elevators, I'm a bit like of a mashed potato, just kind of going me. Going like, the motions. That's easy. That's nice. That's comfy. I'm aircon. I enjoy discomfort. Mm. And and pushing the the baseline of discomfort mm. and I've, i think i learned that through whether it was like early travel of being like saving money not that i needed really needed to but wanted to be like how can i make this work and then in terms of um one last thing the um bar mountain of biking. mountain biking yeah you have to find peace and discomfort because you're sweaty you're tired it's muddy it's buggy it's whatever all the muscles are aching and then there's a climb and you're like huh 
<laughs> yeah, you've always had that determination. And you get to that top and then you're like, oh my gosh, and especially there's a descent after mm. the climb. And you are like, I get shivers thinking about the exhilaration you get from going down after the battle of climbing. It's so good. And then in, in cycling in sweaty environments as well, then you're like, okay, well, that can apply throughout your life. So why carry like dumb things? You know, there's, there's a mum who wants to get my old pregnancy pillow and then she also wants something. So I'll carry it and I'll walk and I'll get exercise and I'll use my arms and get a bit of free weight training and I'll save a hundred baht, which is like five bucks on the cab. Yeah. And I'll do that. Yeah. You're the type of person that would do that. You always have been though. You always have been. Uh, and I enjoy that. I get enjoyment out of it yeah. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> no 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 you're wired that way you're built that uh, way that's so funny <laughs> like you're just my friend who like you do seek out those challenges and you do um i think you find real pleasure in pushing yourself to the limit yeah and that's so different to me but i love it about you yeah okay thank you i do <laughs> i apologize for the time i've accidentally times woo taken you hostage in that approach and you're like what's going on and then i'm like oh release air let's get it back to <laughs> like the like the bike ride we went we went on in singapore the singapore torture bike ride it's flat Ooh, up and down and up and down you poor thing no but you i do love well it. you do it <laughs> so so on that note i think you're definitely more on the adventure mum mm. kind of uh if there's a category of mums you're the adventure time mum. Adventure time. Thank you. Yes. Adventure time, playtime. Yep. Exactly. If you enjoyed this episode or found it useful or interesting at all, I would really love it if you could share it around with your friends and of course, rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.